0: Hello, I'm Brian Murgatroyd and welcome to the ICC Review and Australia are heading home with another World Cup trophy. He'll come back for two, and Australia win the World Cup for the sixth time, and in front of 120,000 people, they've upstage the home team in magnificent fashion. Australia have won their sixth men's one-day international cricket World Cup title after beating India by six wickets in Ahmedabad. The Aussies' bowling attack silenced the home crowd in the world's largest cricket stadium. They bowled out India for 240. Team India's bowlers responded well by reducing the visitors to 47 for three, but Travis Head refused to back down. He smashed 137 off 120 balls to help his country pick up a famous success against the hosts. Head became the third Australian behind Ricky Ponting and Adam Gilchrist to score a century in a one-day international men's cricket World Cup final. And now I'm pleased to have two-time world champion Shane Watson alongside me, to break down Australia's win over India. Shane, an incredible day for Australia and an incredible day for Travis Head, the seventh player to score 100 in a World Cup final. He also scored 100, remember, in the World Test Championship final against India. It's his second 100 of the tournament and he really kept his cool, didn't he? It was an incredible innings. Bear in mind, when he was joined by Marnus Labuschagne. Uh, Australia were 47 for three and right on the back foot.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no question that Travis said the way he's really reformed him as a player and as a performer for Australia in all, across all formats of the game has been just that freedom and fearless way that he's been playing. And it was on display in that first game that he played in this World Cup against New Zealand, coming back after having... Five, about five weeks off of no cricket to be able to come in in a World Cup in his first game and get 100 in, in your first game against a high quality New Zealand bowling attack and then to be able to replicate that in a semi-final against South Africa the firepower that he that he possesses but and then the final and there's no question that he's a high risk high reward batter he takes the game on and until he really finds his groove look it's he, he could have got out at any time but he also puts he hits boundaries. But then once he finds his groove, as we saw, after probably about 50 or 60 runs, then he was just on He was on overdrive. And then he was just really, whenever he wanted to, he just, he just hit, the, hit the ball to the boundary. So, um, look, he's been a revelation for Australia at the top of the order, for sure, the way he's been batting in one-day cricket. And for, to be able to do it in India, in a final... In challenging conditions, one, the atmosphere for sure, but these conditions here today certainly were fairly different to what he's used to <laughs> batting in Australia, for example, and where he got brought up. So to be able to do that in these conditions as well shows something of a very, very like high quality. And there's only been three or two other Australians until Travis Head tonight that scored hundreds in World Cup finals, Ricky Ponting, Adam Gilchrist. So to be able to join that calibre of player, And to be able to win here in India, my word, that is a ridiculously special achievement.
0: All credit to George Bailey, the head selector, and Andrew McDonald, the coach as well, because it was a big gamble to stick with Travis Head after he was out injured at the start of the tournament. They could very
1: easily have replaced him. They certainly could have, and especially when Mitchell Marsh came in and opened the batting and did an incredible job. And then knowing that Steve Smith's most preferred position to bat in one-day cricket has been number three. So it definitely took a lot of courage to, to know that Travis head was going to come in after not playing cricket for about five weeks. So obviously the belief that they have in his hitting ability, his batsmanship as well, against the best bowlers in the world, they showed absolute faith in him. And it's a, absolutely it's a huge credit to them to just leave that spot open and leave that spot open for quite a while. It wasn't like it was just a couple of games. It was halfway through the tournament where Travis Head sort of got parachuted in. But in the end, they absolutely looked like geniuses because Travis Head just turned it on in the biggest game, semi-final and final, to be man of the match in both of those finals, the semi and final knockout games in challenging conditions. Again, I'll say it. Calcutta wasn't an easy weird to bat on. And the wicket here tonight, it got better, definitely under lights. It certainly got better to be able to, once the Australians got through those first 15 overs when there was balls ringing around a bit, definitely got a bit better to bat. But still, they were challenging conditions and he found a way. He found a way. What a champion.
0: You could argue, though, that his biggest contribution to this match wasn't that 100. It was catching Rohit Sharma because the whole match turned on its
1: head with that brilliant catch, didn't it? That was the turning point for me, for sure. Travis Head, to be able to find a way to be able to just leap out of the ground, <laughs> to be able to get his hands on it and take that catch. Rohit Sharma was flying. He really was. And how dominant Rohit Sharma has been throughout this whole tournament. And to be able to put it on the line and, and unsettle the Australian bowlers, Hazelwood and Stark in particular, who didn't really bowl that bad. They didn't bowl bad balls, but Rohit Sharma was, was just hitting good balls. Wherever he wanted, and that's what he's done throughout the tournament. He did that in the semi-final against against New Zealand. So um, to be able to, for Glenn Maxwell to find a way and be brave, to be able to get, to entice Rohit Sharma into another um, another big shot, and then Travis Head to be able to make those yards, and then to get to the ball to start with was an amazing effort. Then to be able to actually catch the ball, uh, that really was a turning point. And then things shifted the the energy the momentum shifted in a huge way. The crowd became very quiet and then the rebuilding phase started with Kale, Rahul um, and also then Vera Coley. So, um, and they just weren't able to score enough runs through those middle period to be able to get them a total that they could try and defend.
0: Let's talk as well about Marnus Labuschagne, the other member of the, the match-winning partnership. It's quite incredible, isn't it? He wasn't even in the squad uh, at the start of the tournament. Uh, he was brought in instead of Ashton Agar, the spinner. A lot of criticism of him throughout the tournament and Steve Smith as well. You know, they were analogue batters in a digital age. You know, they didn't have the big shots. And yet Marnus has, has played in
1: innings where his strike rate's 50, but do you know what? He's got a World Cup winners medal. That's a brilliant term, Murgers. Analog in a digital, <laughs> in a digital world. It's absolutely so true. And I was, I was I was critical to start with as well to be able to bring Manasabashain instead of Ashanega. Uh, and then there were times where it looked like should he play? Shouldn't he? They stuck with him. But then he played a couple of crucial innings. The one in particular stands out to me was the game here against against England. He was the one who really batted. I think he got seventy-one, around seventy-one, um, to be able to absorb the pressure. And Australia were under pressure in that in that game against England to be able to give Australia a total to be able to defend. That for me straight away, once I saw that innings in particular, that was the one to say he has to play. They can't, they can't, they can't leave him out for Stornis, for example, because Stornis wasn't really bowling that much even though we know the firepower that's Stornis has got he hasn't showed that consistently over the last few years. So once Manus played that innings in particular, then he had to be he had to be in the team. His versatility, and especially knowing that it, you're coming into finals and the ball was going to turn, you're gonna need someone who's gonna be able to absorb the pressure, like him and Steve Smith do incredibly well. Then and that came to the fore today. That that um, that innings that he played obviously was it didn't matter how many like how many how quickly he scored his runs it was just batting deep with travis head and um, how brilliantly he did he should be so proud of himself he's just the man who just stays in he finds a way to get into the team and he finds a way somehow to be able to stay in the team and what a time to be able to yeah really say thank you to all those little moments of sort of falling his way by standing up in a world cup final Let's ask you
0: just two more things now. First of all, let's talk about India. Is there anything they could have done differently today
1: just to uh, to, to turn things around? Probably t- there's two moments probably stand out the most. The the one of the ones is in their batting innings when Carroll and Veracoli um, and sorry, Carroll and Coley were going that partnership, you could tell they weren't confident with how the ball was coming through, especially with the spin in particular. They weren't really confident of hitting through the line of the ball, so they they rotated the strike and they slowly built momentum, but they never got off to. They never were able to really get away and put pressure back on the Australian bowlers again. So that for me is where things just got a bit stagnated. And in the end, looking back on knowing how the wicket sort of got better under lights, then it, that was a period where they had to try and just t- throw caution to win at certain moments on the right and the specific bowlers to be able to try and get their team. And if they got out trying, it was better off doing that than just absorbing a little bit too long through those middle overs. So that would be number one that I think they'll look back and just go, you know what, we might, could have been maybe a little bit braver, even though we weren't super confident with how the ball was coming through off this wicket. But the other second one was I was very surprised that they opened the bowling with with Mohamed Shami. Mohamed Siraj is a real, he does set the tone with his body language, with his energy. And Boomer is a brilliant bowler. He's, for Mm -hmm. me, as perfect uh, white ball bowler as we've ever seen, that I've ever seen. And then Mohamed Siraj, his energy that he provides, he's been bowling with a brand new ball throughout the whole tournament. To be able to bring Shammy in, I understand the philosophy around it because he'd been such a dynamic wicket taker and get your most form bowler in to be able to take that new ball. But there's a difference between bowling with a brand new ball and bowling with a ball that's four overs old. The ball's not swinging around as much as got, you've got a little bit more control and Shammy doesn't need the ball to swing around much. He just needs the ball to swing around a little bit because he gets a seam up so beautifully. The ball swings a little bit either way. He gets a bit of seam off the wicket as well. So that's one thing that I think that India will look back and go, I don't think we made the right call there because then Suraj never – he never got an opportunity to be able to get into the game. By the time he came on to bowl – the energy was the energy was taken out of the game a little bit whereas siraj is someone if he gets on a roll my goodness the whole team and then the whole crowd this place would have been absolutely rocking on the back of siraj's energy so that for me is just one question mark that potentially roacham would might be asking
0: just finally what a, let's talk about pat cummins australia the legacy cummins this year world test championship he's lifted that He's shared an Ashes series. He's a cricket World Cup winner. All of those achieved overseas, incidentally. And now he joins uh, a list along with Alan Border, Steve Waugh, Ricky Ponting and Michael Clark, as successful uh, winning World Cup captains for Australia. It's the sixth Australian win in a World Cup. And I have to say, I think it's probably their best ever. I don't know what you think, but Pat Cummins and this win. What are your feelings on that?
1: Um, look, I can't comment on... I can't comment on 87, um, and I'd say that, that was knowing where Australia had come from. You'd, it'd be hard to go past that as being Australia's best and biggest win, um, knowing where they'd come from as a team. But for me, with my experience with seeing, watching the 99 World Cup, then watching from a father 2003, and then the, you know, the, the others, oh <laughs> um, seven and 2015, to be able to win here in India, playing India in the final, knowing these conditions were going to be they were going to be as extreme as India could possibly make them. And the wicket we saw in the end that played sort of against them a bit because it was very brave for Pat Cummins to to bowl first, but that wicket definitely got better under lights. And if it was more a true wicket, then I've got no doubt that Virat Kohli and KL Rowell would have been able to just put the foot down a little bit earlier because they would have had more confidence in the surface. So for Australia to be able to win this World Cup here in India with the support and things, just enough going sort of being against them, and Pat Cummins, yeah, absolutely right. Pat Cummins, he's just done it. The transition so easily. He's he's not an experienced captain, even coming into this World Cup. He'd only captained Australia in one day cricket on in a handful of occasions. So to be able to then just work through, and you could see there definitely was a shift after the second game, just from his own performance. You could see there was a, a little bit of extra uh, intensity in him. After that, after that second game, in that third game against Sri Lanka. And he continued that to lift that intensity up just as a bowler. And then you could see things just became a little bit easier for him the way he led as well. So for him to be able to do it, to win a World Test Championship away against India in England uh, and now win a World Cup away in India, it really is something that he should be unbelievably proud of. For someone who's just taken over the captaincy and as a fast bowler, to be able to just be so calm The decisions he made today, his tactics were absolutely spot on. Q, his ability to be able to galvanise his team and whatever they did to be able to turn things around after that second game, the coach, the support staff and Pat Cummins and the leadership group of the Australian team, whatever they did, they really turned it around and turned it on. And from that moment on, there's about 20 overs into that Sri Lanka game that Dave Warner took a, a very good catch out in the outfield and then you could see the whole thing shifted. And from that moment on, I knew Australia were going to be incredibly dangerous, led by their skipper, Pat Cummins. So I'm very, he's one of the very, very good people in the world. And to be able to see him perform like he has, two for 34 in a final of his 10 overs and lead his team so calmly, so contently, because he's got so much love and respect within the dressing room as well, Yeah, you wouldn't think of a you know, better person to be able to have that experience like he's got. And... Now he's going to go down as one of, those, one of those captains to win a World Cup and to win a World Cup away and in India.
0: Pat Cummins, a great man, and Shane Watson, a great man as well. And it's been a pleasure to hear from you, Watto. Thanks so much for joining us on the ICC Review. And thanks so much for all your views uh, on the ICC telecast during the course of this ICC Men's Cricket World Cup.
1: It's been a pleasure to hear from you. And thanks again for joining us on the ICC Review. No, I it's my absolute pleasure. Anytime we get to talk to you, it's always an absolute pleasure and I feel so ridiculously lucky to have been a part of this World Cup campaign. Um, from a broadcasting point of view, I feel ridiculously lucky to have shared this experience here in India and to be here as Australia win. Yeah, it doesn't get much better. The
0: amazing Shane Watson was part of the ICC's One Day International Men's Cricket World Cup commentary team. Download the app and get the latest news. Okay, let's get the view from the Australian camp. The ICC's Crystal Arnold spoke to former captain Ricky Ponting and batter Steve Smith, and the duo praised Pat Cummins' leadership.
2: Some gutsy calls were made this morning, you know, for, for Pat to win the toss and decide to bowl first. You know, that was a gutsy call, but they've been here pre- training and preparing, they knew what the conditions were going to be like, but it was was one thing to win the toss, but I thought tactically in the way they executed with the ball and their intensity and attitude in the field was what really kept them in the game. You know, India were under pressure right the way through their batting innings, Coley never got away, Kyle Rahul never got away, and when you know, when, when you build pressure like that, one of those guys has to bat at the end, and Australia were good enough to take the wickets when they needed them and restrict the total to 240, which I think we all felt with a bit of dew coming in was probably going to be a fair way under par. So tactically and execution wise, a great game from Australia today.
3: Leadership and Pat Cummins in particular, a word from both of you on just, Steve, how much you love him. <laughs> And how impressed you are, Ricky?
4: Yeah, I thought he was great today. Um, you know, Tactically, I think everything he did came to um, fruition. It worked really well. And um, chop and change his bowlers at times and had the right fields. I thought he was outstanding. So, um, you know, he's been great throughout this tournament. He's, he's, I think he's got better and better as it's gone along. And, um, yeah, the, the bowlers and fielders really backed him up today and in the last game as well. So, um, yeah, we couldn't be more proud. Well, talk to us about
2: that, because Australian teams in World Cups all the time talk about trying to build momentum and get better game by game. How do you do it?
4: Good question, Rick. Um, I think you, you just keep backing yourself. You keep um, going through the processes and, and know that when you, you get to the pressure moments that your processes are what are going to get you through and um you know we we did those really well in the fight to get to the finals and then in the finals we implemented them probably the best we've done throughout the tournament so um yeah it's been a hell of a ride and um great couple of days
2: talk to us about travis Head. i mean he's when he's come back into this this world cup he's been nothing sort of outstanding i mean his carefree attitude the way he's taken the game on, you you guys must sit back in the dugout. I mean, he's done it in this World Cup, but he's done it in Test cricket for the last two, two years as well. So to have him at the top of the order must be a great relief for you guys in the middle.
4: He's an impressive player. Um, certainly when you're coming in in the middle, he takes the pressure off. He's still just going and you can sort of get into your innings. Um, so, yeah, look, he's, he's been incredible. To come back from a broken hand early, um, looked like he was still in a fair bit of pain in his first game back when he scored 100 and then missed out for a few games but still kept playing the same way and kept trusting it. And, you know, that's what we're talking about with our processes before. He, he backs them, he, he, he's aggressive, he takes the game on and, um, you know, I'm not surprised to see the results he's getting.
3: Just on that, I mean, not playing the first five games, then coming in and having an immediate impact against New Zealand, did so in the semi final as well. Ricky, a question to you. Why is he so dangerous on the counter attack?
2: I think because of his attitude. I mean, I think, and what he does as well, he puts pressure on the bowler. The bowlers know that if they miss by a fraction, or even if they bowl their best ball, there's a chance it's going to go for four. So, you know. I've never been a bowler, but I imagine standing at the top of my mark, running in, knowing that there's a guy standing down there that pretty much, regardless of where you bowl the ball, he's going to go after it. That, that can't be a nice feeling. And the skill that he's got as well, he doesn't miss execute very often. I mean, he, he doesn't lead many balls. He doesn't miss the middle of the bat too often. And, and what he normally does is make an impact in the first four or five overs. You look up at the scoreboard and Travis heads 30 or 35 already and the, and the momentum's going in Australia's or his team's way. So they're pretty hard to find those guys. You know, I think Stephen knocked, nailed it there. He said, he missed out in a couple of games, but his attitude didn't change. He came out and played the same way, and that's the way that his team wanted him to play. And that's the way he's been good enough to play for a few years now.
3: This format and what it calls for—it almost there's elements of T20, there's elements of Test cricket. How much do you love this format?
4: Oh, it's a great format of the game. It presents so many different challenges. You know, you get some days where it's a really good wicket, and you keep going hard, and you know, you need. What, what do we get? Three ninety, I think, against New Zealand, and at, at some points it d- didn't look like it was going to be enough. Um, so, and then you get the, the games where it's two forty and you, you're scrapping. So, yeah, it presents so many different challenges, and you know, I think Manus sort of played a beautiful role today to, to Travis. He he knew that there wasn't really any scoreboard pressure. Trav was going hard, he could just have a... I was saying he's having a net up there, um, and he, he just batted beautifully and, and controlled the tempo of the game
0: perfectly. Now, let's hear from opener David Warner. He also spoke to the ICC's Crystal Arnold, and he says the bowler's performance shouldn't be forgotten.
5: Doesn't get any bigger than this, you know, beating India and India in front of 130,000 people. Um, you know that was absolutely fantastic knock by Travis Head, but our bowlers last two games have been absolutely exceptional and uh, supportive in the field as well. We spoke about um, last game about energy in the field need to be up a little bit, and you know we showcased that with the, the support of the bowlers. And uh, you now credit goes to them bowling injury out 240 in front of a home crowd on a wicket that you know probably looked a little bit slow um, was phenomenal.
3: Some have called it a workmanlike wicket. Some said it was tricky. What was it really like out there when you were batting?
5: It was the perfect net for Manus Labashain. Um, he settled in there and uh, he, let, he allowed Travis Ed to come out and play the way um, he always does. And uh, look, you know, there's been a lot of talks about the wicket, but at the end of the day, you've got to compartmentalise, it is what it is. Both teams have to play on it. And, and fortunately today we, uh, we came up trumps.
2: One of the big differences I've seen in the last couple of games with the Australian cricket team has been their fielding, their inner ring fielding with you and Manus and, and smudging at backward point today. Travis set out on the boundary, was that something that was spoken about that you had to address and you had to change, or is that just a mindset thing when the game's on the line, these big games are coming around, this is what Australian teams do?
5: Yeah, look, I think we felt, you know, when we were bowling during the day, it was hard to not, not get up and have that energy, but, you know, when a few boundaries happen and whatnot, it gets loud, everyone's moving, and you forget that sort of uh, pack mentality, and I think the last, we spoke about it before the last game, and it wasn't by fluke that we came out and did it, we had the ball going to the right areas where we could stretch out, dive, stop. Collectively, that gets the bowlers going. They put the balls in the right areas, and that's what the support is there for, for the fielders. And yeah, we, look, we, we really stretched out and we, we, you know, we supported the bowlers as best we could.
3: I'm going to hand the mic to each one of you. How was that catch? Travis Head, and what a key wicket.
5: <laughs> I actually. I didn't think it was, there. We didn't think he was getting there, but I actually changed him. So I was on that side uh, initially. And we were told, actually, I'll go over there and do the long boundary. And then he's there, one goes up, and yeah, I'm watching it, and it's tailing away from him. And yeah, got his tongue out and his hands out, and he caught it. (laughs) It's your day, it's your day, isn't it?
0: It was his day. That's all for now. Remember to follow the ICC Review on Spotify and wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can find us on social media with the handle at ICC.